Okay, so today I had a bit of a grumpy grump day. That's okay, because I see these tulips on my dining room, on my dining room table, and I'm thinking, oh sweetness, what a blessing. What a true blessing that is. What else am I grateful for? I just picked up my Leaning on Jesus book, and I just picked up to the spot where I read last night with my husband, and it was just so good because I was so glad that I could find that spot that basically says, oh, hey, um, by the way, we don't just fall into love with people. Like she talked about her experience, like knowing that the first time she saw her husband, she was going to marry him. But it, it wasn't like she, she just kind of like she doesn't say it, but she's basically saying she kind of cringes at that idea that people talk about, like you fall in love with someone, love at first sight kind of thing. Because you don't just like fall into love, you work into love. And I just thought that was so neat the way she said that. Because it just made so much sense to me. It's like you don't just like randomly, um, like she quotes um, Elder Clayton here. She says, we will not accidentally believe in the Savior and his gospel any more than we will accidentally pray or pay tithing. We actively choose. And so I think that's kind of the notion that I'm like working with right now. It's like, I think for a long time, I kind of was in this funny place in my life where I just kind of believed, oh, well, like, don't people just like accidentally or like, aren't they just lucky if they they live this life where they can just, you know, be able to clean the dishes without thinking or just like sneeze out a meal or sneeze out a like home design house or, or whatever. And I think for a long time, I kind of like dwelled in this like jealousy space being like just like so consumed with jealousy of these people that have these like obvious skills that I don't. And it's, it's been quite an experience for me to just kind of fall into this place to be like, you know what? They probably worked to be able to get there too though, right? Like whether it was their, their ancestors that worked on it or they themselves or both, you know, like cause certain things do come by nature and other things come by nurture, but whether or not it comes like sooner or later, like what's, what's the big deal? Like I still am on my own journey, right? And like, I probably have my own unfair advantages as well in my own life that like other people just cannot replicate. You know, I'm sure there's people out there that are like, oh man, I can't believe you can just like speak French like the way you do. Or Cantonese, or you have such an easy desire to just do family history work, right? I'm sure for a lot of people, family history work is like letting cats scratch at their face all day long, right? Like, but for me, I literally want to spend the rest of my life just doing family history work. If I had two years off and I could just block off everything off, I would literally be doing family history work every second because I love that work. It's such a special work. It doesn't matter that it's boring. It doesn't matter that there's so much unknown and uncertainty. It really just matters to me that it's like the most important work that I can like see to do. And there's like, in some ways there's no end to it. Kind of like how um, you know, some people like actually genuinely like to clean, right? And they like literally will spend more time, more of their time cleaning because no big deal, right? I'm like, I, I don't get it, right? Like in the same way that for me, it's like, yeah, I need to spend, I want to spend more time doing family history work. Like I would spend, I would get a babysitter. I would get all the tutors in the world. I would get like, you know, in some ways, I would, like, hire a wife for my husband or whatever, but, like, I wouldn't do that, of course, because, like, I love being my, my husband's wife. 
But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, there's those life missions that we have where we're just like, I just want to do that. And it's just like you would just sacrifice everything to be able to do those things. And like yesterday, I was able to talk with um, a family member who gave me some perspective on that because they were saying something like, hey, um, you know, we chose the life that we did, uh, me and my spouse, and basically it got to this point where we would just move on in our lives together. And it wasn't until like, I don't know, a few years after we got married and had our families and stuff that we would meet other people in our lives that we we once knew that followed the path that we were once on um, and they didn't choose the choices that we made. And we got to see what their life looked like. You know, we got to see the, the woman that spent the rest of her life designing. She never got married, didn't have kids, and she just lived alone being this designer lady, right? And then she got to, to meet, like, you know, the person that that he would he might have married um but then it turns out like she died 10 years later and then he would have been a woodworker or something right so then there's those instances where it's like you know i sometimes have these funny inklings right where it's just like i just want to spend all my time doing this one thing and i'm kind of just done with the life where everything is the same as it's always been and i just want to like branch out but then, of course, there's that dangerous zone, right? Where, you know, I've met other people where, like, I see a husband and four kids of, like, of this family, this lovely family that I used to babysit for. And then I go and see them, like, where's your mom? And they're like, um, actually, she left. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, like every time I just get back to that story, I'm just, like, in remorse for that family because they were such a sweet family. They were just such a sweet, sweet, loving family. This mom, like, cloth diapered their kids. Like, she was just so attentive, everything. But I can tell, like, she snapped. Like, and, and like, no, like, no hard feelings, right? Like, people just snap. Like, they just, like, they get to a point where they're just done. They're done being the only one that does everything. They're done with, like, the thankless job where nobody cares what they're doing. And, and, and then the abuse of, of the feeling like everybody's just like ganging up on them for like all the things that they're, they're not able to do perfectly because of their immaturity. And I totally get it. I totally feel for those people that just give up. The people that choose to divorce, the people that choose to leave their kids, the people that like, you know, that, that just have had enough. Um, and, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. That's like a human thing for us to feel like, yeah, we're done. And, and to be able to act and feel permission to just act on that, that feeling done with that level of their life. And I understand that. Um, and at the same time, it's like, it's helpful for me to talk it out like this with myself because I wonder if for those people that have actually done those things, if they just never could actually share their true feelings about those things until it was at the point where they just needed to just snap and act. And, and I just wondered to myself, what would it be like if they just had a friend that they could just confide in and talk about these things and just work it out, right? So they could like keep those most beautiful aspects of their life intact. And that's kind of where I am. It's like, I just feel so blessed. I, at least, I don't have like a best friend I can talk about these things with. But I at least have a little like audio journal thing that I can just at least like voice the feelings of like so many people that I'm sure they had all these feelings, but they could just never say them, right? Because like whoever 
wants to say that like they're done with their whole life and they just want to have this midlife crisis thing and just just change everything about their life because they're just done moving in this direction and they want something completely different because they're just bored right basically that's what it is it's like you know as a kid we just live our lives and we just we have this permission to have this level of fluidity but for some reason, I don't know what happens when a person turns into an adult. Maybe it's because as kids, you have like a parent or like a family or a community of people that are constantly celebrating your every, every milestone, right? Every year you, you age, every little moment of progress, every level of maturity, you just have these people in your life cheering you on. And for some reason, it happens when a person becomes an adult where it's almost like you just are forgotten because it's like you've made it and you're done, and like nobody needs to care about you anymore, right? And so it's almost like, it's like almost every adult that turns 18 or something gets into this place where it's like they're not really being watched over, cared for, not really being recognized in any way. And then it's like they need to do these funny things where they have these like midlife crisis experiences where they just need to change everything about their life to somehow feel like this level of control and somehow have this level of feeling like, oh yeah, like I get to live the life that I want to live and you know, I get to choose the life that I want to choose and all these things, right? And so I'm always like aware of these things because growing up, I always wanted to be able to live a life where it was like, okay, um, let's live this life where we can like actually have a grapple on these things. Cause I would look at the adults in my life when I was like a child and I'd be like, I really feel like you don't, you guys don't have it figured out either. You know, like I just don't feel it. Like I feel like every adult that I knew was pretty miserable too. You know, like I was miserable as a child and they were pretty miserable too. And there would be pockets of people that I would meet every so often, but I knew that I was only seeing their facade self as well too. Like I only ever saw them like five minutes at a time so really, like, they were probably miserable in their own lives, and then they would put on this show that they were happy in other moments, right? And anyways, so I'm kind of like grappling with all of this, and then, but at the same time, I find a lot of peace, because it's like, I'm able to find peace that I really do believe the principles of Thomas Jefferson education are super legit. Like, I know it's theoretical, I know it's a philosophy, I know, like, you know, it's just kind of ideals, but I really think it's legit. Like seriously, the, the, the phases of learning, because their whole deal, their whole opinion is like, yes, the cr life crisis happens often. And their big deal is like, hey, but we found that it's, it's quite possible that the life crisis happens more likely in individuals that haven't really fully felt permission to live their phases of learning you know, to the point where they never really got a full core phase experience. They never really got a full level learning experience. They never really got a full scholar phase, depth phase, mission phase. They kind of just limbled their way through life until it got to a point where they were just enough. And they were like, I feel empty and done. Like, what's going on? And then they track backtrack and they start doing all this funny stuff that you wouldn't imagine adults doing, right? Like going and getting tattoos and like going and buying like motorcycles and, and going and like just living really extreme lives as if they're children 
or like as if they're like they have no responsibilities and and they they're just totally like starting to waste away their lives. And and I just love the way that in the Thomas Jefferson education they're so big on yeah it's so important to just do the core phase, do the level learning, do the scholar phase, all these things because you don't want to get to a point in your life where you never got to do those things because you were distracted by other things or you were put into a position where you felt like you needed to rush your way through so you never really thoroughly got gave yourself permission to enjoy your core phase when you were there or enjoy your level learning phase or enjoy your scholar phase or mission phase or death phase and I really love that I just like I feel that to my core and that's why it's like so important to me um, because when I was 18, that's when I started realizing, I was like, yeah, I never really got a core face. And so thankfully, for the last 10 years, Heavenly Father blessed me. It's like, I almost wonder if that's one of the blessings of this whole deal, right? Where you go and get married and you get this prompting to have kids. And it's like, it's almost like Heavenly Father has a way for every person to rectify their childhood experience. Like, to make it right even if you didn't have a great one, that you almost get the opportunity to, to rectify that and make it better through just the sheer opportunity of becoming a parent yourself and giving that opportunity to somebody else, and you get to live that with them, right? Like, in some ways, I was kind of like feeling like that was morbid for a while. I was like, uh, isn't that kind of weird to kind of be living your life through other people, like vicariously or by proxy or whatever? And at the same time, though, I'm like, no, I don't think it is, though. Like we do it all the time with like covenants and ordinances and stuff like that. And I think it's a beautiful thing when we can be this person for other people that that aids them in moving along in their journey. You know? And at the same time that we're doing it, right? Like it's not a bad thing to make something even more of a social experience, right? Because really that's kind of what it comes down to. It's like I could we could just do the ordinance thing by ourselves, but we choose to do it with another person. Like, you know, like by myself, but like Heavenly Father set it up so you do it with someone else. Like you can't be a parent without having an actual child, right? Like like he could have set it up totally different, but he didn't. He set it up so it has to be like a social kind of experience. It has to be this this back and forth, right? So so it's like, you know, a part of me is like, yeah, well thank you for blessing me so that I could have the opportunity to be this parent person, right? I think that's amazing. And then like there's the other part of it where I just feel so grateful that I get to live through all the phases, right? Like, as I'm raising my kids, I get to experience all the levels of that, the beauty of that. And, and like, so even if it, I didn't get it right the first time, at least I can get it right, like, the second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth time, right? And just to feel of the immensity of how Heavenly Father has set it up for us to win, you know? Um, whether we get it the first time or not. And he's given us so many opportunities to make things right. And I just feel so thankful that I have a Heavenly Father that cares about my levels of, of my growth and understanding and who I am and who I'm becoming. And so I love that. I think that's amazing. I think that's just so beautiful. And and I think that gives me some peace, right? Because I think I think the reason why I feel this like this turn towards midlife crisis kind of feel for life has a lot more to do with me 
trying to be, like, getting overly impatient with where my phase of learning is currently, right? And thinking that it needs to be a certain way and not accepting myself for where it are, already is right now. And then thinking I'll just give it up altogether and just, like, wander in my lost state for however long I feel like I need to. And, and that's how to solve it, when really, I don't really think that. I don't think that's how I need to solve that. I think the way for me to solve this is to start at the beginning, right? Like, enjoy the time that I have with my baby. Like, that's why I have baby yoga as one of my flower petals, right? Like, enjoy the time that I have with my kids to, like, read stories with them, right? Like, enjoy the time that I have to, like, study the scriptures and really, like, understand them and, like, create this environment where all the phases of learning have permission to be in full action, right? At the time and phases of day that that is. Like, maybe that looks like a certain hour of the day, you know? Like, maybe certain hours of the day are built specifically to support the phase of learning of a certain phase. Like, maybe, like, a certain phase... Like, let's say one to two, three is like the core phase kind of support hours. And then like maybe the hours three to five are the love of learning, phase of learning hours. And then maybe like scholar phase is like that seven to nine phase and that four o'clock to eight o'clock in the morning phase, right? And, um, or, and like, and then it's much more attentive to what's actually going to be helpful, what's going to work um, for for what's actually going on, right? Because I don't want to get side sidestepped in, in this idea, this lie, that, you know, the answer to whatever I'm going through is just to go and become lost, right? And go and step into this zone where there's just no clarity about where, where that will lead. Right? Like, it's just this unknown that, that really isn't like a faith-based experience or a faith-based choice. It's really just a step out into the dark just to step out into the dark. Right? And that's kind of where I'm at with that. It's like I just, I want to be able to live this life that is so much more clearly yoked with Christ and to be following in his ways. Like, I love the Child and Youth Program. Like, I think that it is beyond inspired, right? Like, like probably like even 10 years ago, before the program even came out, those were the ideas that I had about my homeschool in my, in my home family. That's why I thought homeschool would be the best idea ever, because it would give us the opportunity to just focus on what they call now the Child and Youth Program, focus on the physical things that are gonna help us to be strong like Jesus, Focus on the spiritual things that are going to help us to be spiritually, like, wise and, like, sound and sober. Sorry. Focus on the, the intellectual things that are going to bless us with the knowledge that we need to acquire in this life so that we can be that much more prepared for the life thereafter. And then focus on, like, the social stuff and, like, real social stuff, right? Like, like it's such a, like, it's just such a silly dynamic in this world 
where people think that like going to public school is suddenly this social experience, right? When really it's like, it's just not, right? Like the best social experiences I've ever experienced in my life has everything to do with me going and hanging out with my, my friends that I might have met at school, but it wasn't until we, we actually spent time as families together that the, those social experiences were the best, right? Like where you go and spend time doing wholesome recreational things, right? Like the time that we would be spent at school together was mostly the teachers telling you to not be social with one another um, because that was disruptive to learning. <laughs> I was like, okay, guys, like, right. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, anyways, I'm just so grateful that, like, like in the in the way that I'm doing it, it's like, hey, let's be social. Let's go minister to people. Let's let other people minister to us. Like, let's go and like find their birthdays and make stuff and give it to them, right? Like, let's let's just be creative. Like, let's find out what else we can do and like. And, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Like, because, like, I really, see, you know, like, the public school thing wasn't actually that bad for me. It was, like, a lot of the trauma was that I was locked into a system for 12 years, and then suddenly it's like they kick you out of there, and they just say you're not allowed to come back. And it's just like, what? Like, I was just raised in, the, it's almost as if you were in a community, and then they say, like, after 12 years being in this community, you're not allowed to come back. You need to leave, and you need to move on, and find